1: Welcome to the Nth Dimension, uh, a podcast where we explore systemic causes behind social, political, and economic issues. And social issues. Inside joke. <laughs> I'm laughing. Anyways, today is episode 16. Uh, we're going to be talking about big tech or FANG, um, if you know the big form of that. Um, before I introduce today's guest, just a little anecdote. In this uh, studio, where we're recording at Stack Market, there are three Apple iPhones. And I have spent the past week researching for this topic on YouTube, mostly because technology is so out of my comfort zone. Um, So I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, done a lot of Google searches. And when when I leave the studio today, I will be sharing my podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Um, And while I wait for the number of downloads to increase to make me feel better about myself, um, I might pop into Amazon and buy a little something. Actually, I did buy something off Amazon just now. So there you go. Uh, This little anecdote anecdote was just to tell you um, how deeply technology has invaded our lives. So we're going to be talking about big tech. And today I have my brother with me, who is a dev, dare I say, (laughs) welcome, Sid.
0: Thank you for having me on. (laughs) I am a dev.
1: (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Yeah. So as Shreya said, I am a dev and I've been working in tech uh, for about 10 years now. So, and my day-to-day is, you know, uh, very technical and working on uh, all kinds of different software. So, yeah.
1: You code a lot, don't
0: you? Yeah, I do code <laughs> a lot every day, um, and I enjoy it. So, yeah.
1: um, so before we dive in, I thought it was kind of interesting. We were just talking about how we are the generation, I suppose, that was not born. I mean, obviously, previous gener- generations included, but we're the generation that sort of saw um, te- technology, the birth of technology and then how it sort of invaded our lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh... I don't know if I would use the word, I guess you could say invaded, but like it's really, it's pervasive throughout our lives, right? And yeah, it's grown with us basically as we've grown up. Uh, It's grown up as well and it continues to, and like it's fascinating and maybe even a bit scary to see what's gonna happen next, especially with like, you know, the new things coming down the pipe like AI, how a lot of people have talked about how AI might be a good thing or a bad thing coming down the line. And a lot of people have looked at Hollywood and, you know, the Terminator movies, the Matrix, et cetera. All of these movies are really uh, well-known and they kind of, we look at almost like the average person almost looks at AI through that prism. Mm. So I don't know if it'll pan out like that. I don't think so. At least we're way, we're so far away from that. But anyway, I'm, I'm going down on no, a think you think
1: Yeah. I mean, just in this, in our contemporary lives, like we can already see how um, it's making human beings redundant. But yes, that is, of course, another rabbit hole to explore um, on another cold and foggy day. But today, let's let's start off with um, why big tech, why people are talking about breaking big tech up. And before I ask you... Um, a question, let me just bring in what's going on. So Feng, obviously, is Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Um, we're going to sort of talk about the growing implications of these companies in our social, political, excuse, social, economic, and democratic lives. So Massachusetts Senator is Elizabeth Warren, who's running for president, um, has posed a policy which says if she's elected, she will break big tech up. Um, and she says that they've gotten too big and are stifling competition and innovation and have become too powerful thanks to all the data that they have on us. So Sid, Dev Sid, can I call you that for the rest of the podcast? Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) So Sid, um, what is the problem with big tech currently?
0: Well, I don't know if it's anything really to do with it being big tech. Uh, For me, I just see it as a general thing when, um, You know, companies become so big, corporations become so big that they start to influence society around us, then uh, it's really, I feel, the the government's job to come in and be like, is this helping society or is it hurting society? And taking a look at that and putting in the appropriate regulations. And I don't think it's anything in particular with tech. I see that as anything with uh, big banks, uh, the financial sector, big oil companies, right? Any corporations today have a lot of power And we should be asking ourselves the question, do we want them to have this much power over society? I just look at, you know, how one example is how Amazon was hunting for its, uh, you know, its second headquarters. And, you know, and they went around uh, the U.S. just uh, and even Canada. even, uh, And, you know, cities were dying to have them, you know. Um, establish themselves in that city because they bring a lot of jobs. Uh, they bring a lot of uh, change, right? But then they were being offered all these freebies basically for them to avoid
1: taxes. Also, they were going to be, where was in New York offering like a lower tax cut?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Right. And I feel that they have already have so much going for them. I don't know if they need, need that much help. Right. They already Amazon, uh, Apparently doesn't pay almost pays almost nothing in tax today. And uh, that's not fair. And like, look, this is coming from somebody who loves tech. I love tech. I love working in tech. I love Amazon. I use Amazon. So let's just be upfront about that. Yeah, we all do. Uh, that use one day Google. delivery
1: service is yeah. amazing.
0: And yeah, it's become so convenient and that they do, they provide a service that people want. Right. But it's also, that doesn't mean you don't pay your taxes. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you're right that any company or any few companies who own a lot of the market share certainly can um, become a problem. And I think in the past in the States, that was oil companies were broken up or. um, But now, for example, The Economist came out with an article which said data is the new oil. So to that extent, people will say that these companies have become like monoliths, which have too much power from the point of view that number one, we use them 24/7, and they have a lot on a lot on us. So let's start with economically. What economic issues do you think they pose by having so much space in the market? Let me just float out a figure. For example, in 2018, together, these companies made a revenue of $801.5 billion. Right.
0: Um, so, I mean, yeah, they have a big economic impact, right? Uh, and they do drive the economy as well. They, they offer so many jobs. Um, and what ends up happening also, though, is like where they end up establishing themselves, where their headquarters are at, uh, really affects the um, territory that they are in. Like, for example, Silicon Valley, San Francisco dominated by big tech. And it's really had a big impact. There, right. Because um, also of,
1: created inequality.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. It, it has created a lot of in, in, inequality there because everybody in big tech, all this money has um, just uh, come into that area all of a sudden, right. All the uh, driving inflation up, um, driving inflation up and, uh, just led to other people that live there the normal day-to-day people who the locals that live there have struggled with uh, that type of change right so it has that type of impact as well um but you could also argue that they have done positive things as well uh google has done a lot of research like a lot of ai research has been driven by google um and you know this is nothing they're not doing it just merely to help society, it leads to, for them to invent these new products that get them more money as well. Like, for example, um, a lot of AI researchers have gone on to work for Google and, and you know, create all these new products that um, you don't see how much AI is already in our society. All these algorithms that we're seeing, um, the cameras that we, are, that we have on our phones, et cetera, or even like uh, the CCTV cameras all around cities today where they can easily recognize your face, easily profile you. That's also there. So I don't know. There's uh, pros and cons. Of course. To look at it.
1: I mean, none of this is to say that these these technologies haven't had a positive influence on our lives. Of course, there's a the good part and there's a the bad part. But let's go back to... Um, Elizabeth Warren, who wants to break these companies up because she says that they are not. And one of the lines in the she posted she came out with this policy via an article posted on Medium. That article said if Microsoft hadn't been um, back in the day, Microsoft was subject to antitrust laws. And if we hadn't done that, then we wouldn't have Google and we'd be stuck with Bing. So what do you what are your thoughts on her? policy which says we need to break these guys up because they are not allowing for uh, healthy competition and innovation. And anyone who tries to come up, they're going to just quickly buy them out. And then classic cases, Facebook buying out WhatsApp within its first nine months, I believe.
0: Yeah. Instagram also. Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I can see where she's coming from, right? I can definitely see that uh, they buy up all the talent, right? All the talented people a lot of the talented people not everybody uh, wants to work and for these fan companies and i'll be honest i want to see that i want to work there too right because again there's technical reasons like from a development standpoint there's technical reasons uh to work there like the challenges that they face to be able to work on those problems i find that interesting so and then also the perks and the money is uh, is great too right so those would be my reasons
1: and working with similarly, like you know, people who are on obviously the people they hire are yeah, and you the, know.
0: you're working with some of the most smartest people, right in in this field. So that's another great uh, interesting reason to do that, right? So, uh, but given that, I think regulation is needed, right? I I don't know. It's hard for me to say if breaking them up is the right thing to do. Maybe that's too heavy-handed. Maybe we start. What will with,
1: that achieve?
0: Um, I guess the, the whole goal is to, you know, drive competition, right? Have competing, competitive um, forces come into play.
1: But who's to say that even now? Let's say hypothetically, you, you know, you go off and work with Facebook, for example, and you get this brilliant idea, right time, right place. You're in Silicon Valley. Like, who's to say you can't exit and create your own thing? What's stopping that right now?
0: Well, it's not, I guess, the again, getting the pool of talent, the right people to come work for you, right? Some of these problems are pretty difficult to solve, and you want to get the people who have the experience to solve them, into the, bring them into the fold, right? So most likely, mo- a lot of them will be already working for these fan companies, right? So that's what's problem number one. Problem number two is you'll just get bought out, right? Uh, the, you do get the, the odd... CEO that's like uh, you're not buying me out man like you can do whatever you want like we've had that like I think Dropbox mm. the CEO of Dropbox I think there's a I'm pretty sure this is true but I, don't quote me on this but I believe that I don't know Apple at some point wanted to buy out Dropbox and they don't take Devset to court <laughs> <laughs> don't take me to court uh,
1: I bet uh, I believe Facebook I believe Mark Zuckerberg was at that point when he um came out came up with the idea of Facebook and it started to get big. I believe Yahoo, again, don't take me to court on this, or one of these companies back in, they wanted to buy out Facebook for $2 billion. And he, and, and the guy who was mentoring him, Roger McNee, I believe said that don't, don't get bought out because this is going to be the next big thing. So
0: yeah, a bit of it's like, you have to have the entrepreneurial vision for your company. You have to have that drive, and almost money is a secondary thing and then you'll just stick it out and yeah it's a, it's a big risk because you're leaving a lot of money on the table i don't know if there's a classic show called silicon valley i don't know if you watched it where the, the guy is running a startup and um know, spoiler it's incoming if you've mm-hmm. not watched the show so be aware um and like the big company uh, hulu says i'll buy you out hulu is this big mm-hmm. company uh, representing one of these fan companies, and they're like, "Oh, let me buy out you, buy you out," and he says, "No, and I don't want, I don't care about the money. I, I care about the vision here of this product. I really want to see that through." And you know, that's uh, admirable, for sure. But I think the question to answer is, are we setting a level playing field? Now, capitalism, yes. I mean, let's be honest, with this is a capitalist society, uh, and we want to make sure. All players in this field have a level playing field. And if that's the case, then, you know, let the best product win, right? So, but in some cases, that's not holding true, right? Amazon. Yeah, can you explain that? Amazon is the classic example where they provide the platform, but they're they're also...
1: Competing on that platform.
0: Competing on that platform, but they have a clear advantage, So,
1: okay, that's an interesting... I'm glad you brought that up because that's an interesting nuance so these are american companies now um in india for example india has pushed 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 back uh and said that for example amazon cannot have cannot provide the platform and be a comp- competitor on that platform
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not even just India is doing that. Like Europe, uh, the European Union has done that too. They've kind of come after Google also saying Google has the most popular mobile OS, Android, right? And one of the stipulations they had was, oh, you must install um, all these Google products on Android, right? So, and the average user will just use the pre-installed apps that already exist instead of going out and, and finding, like, uh, let's just take an example of a notes app, the average user is just going to use whatever is on there. Right? It's just convenience right there. It's coming from a well-known company that made the OS itself. They, they must know what they're doing, right? So we're that,
1: so used to having apps from, like, Apple, um, Google, Android, Google, and, you know, we're so used to having – we know there are certain brands that exist. There are only a few. We can count them on our fingertips. So even if the phone doesn't come with it, I can always just yeah. – Who's to say I'm not gonna, by default, go and download that? Yeah,
0: it's it's like uh, it's the brand name uh, thing, right? Like I know Nike makes shoes and they're the most uh, famous shoemaker, so I intrinsically trust that Nike will make a good shoe, even though maybe it's, that's not the case. Maybe a you know nice startup out there is putting is making maybe making handmade shoes or whatever.
1: But the but the difference I think is that these are. American companies, when they compete in foreign markets, we can. I feel it's logical that they want to promote, like, let's say, India wants to promote homegrown talent. Um, It 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 wants to it wants Flipkart, an Indian version of Amazon, to have a fair chance and a level playing field, as he said. But but in America, these are American companies, so this is homegrown homegrown seed on homegrown soil so how how can they enforce laws and regulations that help newcomers and maybe it's that nobody's thought of the next big thing in tech
0: yeah maybe Uh, so uh, i guess i'm not understanding the question are you saying how can
1: in america how do you control or regulate these companies because they're they're in they're not in foreign soil where let's say India wants Flipkart to have a level playing field. So it's like Amazon, you can't be a competitor and also have a marketplace because you're stifling, you're not allowing Flipkart to have a real chance at making profits.
0: I think it's uh, really looking at uh, the laws we have on the books and really uh, re-examining them for the new age, right? A lot of these laws that we have, like the monopoly law in the US, It's it's pretty old, right? They were using it for like um, the rail industry back in the day, whatever, 1900s, right? So it's time to Mm -hmm. look at those laws again and make sure that they still work in today's age.
1: Do you have, and this is putting you on the spot, but do you have an idea for what a new age antitrust law could look like for these companies?
0: Uh, That's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You are no policymaker, Mr. (laughs) Devsid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That, uh, yeah, but I'd really have to do the research, look at it, see. It's doing a bit of research first to see how, really identifying, you know, if I were to go and start thinking about how to solve this problem or look at this problem as a lawmaker, I'd first see, look at the market and see how there is a answer to the question, is there a, a is, is it a level playing field? First, let's definitively answer that question and then see how, right? and then see the actions that these companies are taking and and then try to uh, level the playing field. So like one example already is like, okay, you're already, you have an OS, you're installing, you're, you're pre-installing all these apps. So, you know, if you provide a platform, you can only provide the platform, you can't be play, a player on the platform, or you, you need to, a blank slate at least and that's happened not only with google um it's also ha- happened back in the day with i think with internet explorer like mm. microsoft would have pre-installed internet explorer for and for the longest time internet explorer dominated the market the so web browser market
1: as simple as like giving people the option to go and hunt for yourself like when i get a phone yeah. now you're now i'm being because it's come without any pre-installed apps now i'm being forced to go look for the apps i want is that the simple scenario yeah I,
0: could, I think we could start with something like that you know let's start small like really you don't want to come in with a heavy hand either right ultimately you want to put only the required amount of regulation in place if you put too much in that's that's maybe going in the wrong direction too or just uh going too far uh, so you know it might take a few tries to really get it right um uh,
1: Okay, let's, let's go towards another side of the argument. First, let me ask you, what can you sort of share your thoughts um, on the, the, the relationship between these companies and data?
0: Right, so that's uh, basically their currency, right? That's what they value the most. They want to know everything about you right because they don't charge you uh upfront. like directly they don't charge you anything but indirectly they're um you know they're really uh, that's how they're making their money right they take your data and analyze your data for example and then serve you uh targeted ads and then they make revenue through ads and an you example.
1: were saying when i asked you off the record that this is the way the internet was built
0: well yeah i mean the internet, uh, if you put aside...
1: The model of the internet.
0: Sorry. Yeah, like the model of the internet is driven, is built on, on top of advertisements, right? Because if you just put aside, okay, the money you pay to your ISP, just put that aside. Um, everything else is basically, uh, you're not paying anything up front. You're not paying anything to access a particular site, right? You get to load that site for uh, for free, essentially right? But then that site serves you advertisements and hopes that it can entice you to click on that ad, right? And that's essentially the economic model of the internet, right? And it's been for a long time because there, I mean, now there, and then if you, and people, I find like I've gotten so used to it, like uh, people get used to, um, if I go to a site that, asked me to pay up front, I'm like, oh, no, that's not happening, man. (laughs) I (laughs) I get so much for free. (laughs) Yeah, there's a whole term for like paywall, right? Like it's behind a paywall and it really, I mean, occasionally I'll pay for it, but I'm so cheap now. (laughs) Like like it has has to be something so enticing for me to go through that paywall. Um, Right? So that's the model of the internet, right? So that's what uh, these uh, Google Facebook, Apple is a bit different actually. Apple actually charges you, right, and it sells you hardware,
1: mm.
0: right. Google does too now, uh, but at a le- to a lesser extent, right. It has the Google phone line, the Pixel or whatever, and the Chromebook, um, but it's still main revenue model if I understand it correctly is still you know advertisements.
1: So many times I've heard that these companies are in many ways more powerful than. The government would, okay, another wormhole that we possibly won't go into, but why is our access to data making them so powerful?
0: Okay. So I don't know if I can say that they're more powerful than the government because the government still has the, you know, the force of the law behind it and it can, you know, force the hand of these companies a lot of times and force them to do stuff that they don't want to do. As an example, you know, China can force you to play by its rules before you enter the Chinese market. Right? Or you don't get to enter the Chinese market. This is why Google's not there. Which I
1: think is fair.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, And then for another example is the U.S. government uh, can force you to give up certain um, if they're doing, I don't know, some sort of you know security related uh, uh inspection they want to see somebody's data they can force you to do that there's laws around that to give up people's data right um and these companies know it's not necessarily in their benefit to give up customers data right because they want to keep the trust of their customers any company would want to do that right so um yeah in some ways they are so like ask me the question again
1: why is are they have access, uninhibited access to our data, obviously because I'm participating yeah. in, in giving that to them. Yeah. Um, even if I don't necessarily understand how they get it sometimes, but sure. They have uninhibited access to people's data who are online. Why is it such, um, wh- Hmm. good question now. <laughs> I have lost access to my own question we move on. Okay. They have uninhibited access to our data. That has made them powerful. Um, Why is that? Let's go back.
0: I mean, again, so they, they're essentially profiling you, right? They're like really trying to figure out what you want, what drives you right? and uh, using that to kind of push you, nudge you into certain directions.
1: Is it because we, so, okay, help me understand this 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 is you know honestly, so I don't understand this world. Like I participate in it so much, but I honestly don't understand it. They have access to our data. We're get there's like I know Facebook um uh, made between ninety to ninety five percent of its revenue off advertisements. So they're selling our data or they're allowing companies, third party companies access to our data. And that's how they get their money. Um, and because we live in a neoliberal economy, where we are in the process of buying and selling consuming goods, that's why our data is so centric to them. Or is that just stretching it completely?
0: Yeah, I guess I don't know. Like, uh, so just, let me just uh, take a step back. Why they want our data? Uh, again, it's go, it goes back to advertisements. They make money off of advertisements and uh, driving clicks, right? And they need to find a way to get you to click that button, right? Because that's how they get paid, right? Uh, right. How do I con- and the, now the game just becomes how do I get this person? What's going to convince this person to click that button? right that's the game
1: they're almost vying for attention fighting for attention what
0: yeah again what interests you what drives you what do you want uh to look at right and they need to figure that out and they do that by looking at data analyzing it Uh, a lot of ai algorithms are are driven off of that right um so without that data i can't I don't know it's just random Uh, i'm gonna guess what you want to see maybe i can look at your uh, i mean a lot of it's driven on what demographics you are what religion you are um what age you are right
1: but is this anything new i mean i suppose i don't really know how when the internet didn't exist and advertising was simply through newspaper and television i'm pretty sure the same Um, desire to extract what people want existed then as well. Like I was watching a show, Cable Girls, to improve my Spanish, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's back in the days when we didn't even have rotary telephones. So they had, um, you had to call into your telephone provider and they connected you so they could listen in on everything. So if people wanted, they could get They could get information on us via them
0: right but like i guess it's the scale right like i don't know i'm gonna guess it wasn't automated and if you wanted to listen in an individual had to be listening in on you yes right so that's the difference right Uh, google doesn't have individuals that i mean that doesn't scale right but the technology allows you to scale right i can look at everybody's data analyze everybody simultaneously right? See. Okay. And then get a bigger picture uh, simultaneously, right? And build an essential profile of you, right? Uh, uh, like this, uh, you know, cloud-based digital profile of you, and in some ways understand you better than you understand yourself. Right? But
1: then many will argue that they are doing this on an aggregate scale and not an individual scale. Right, so, right. like, technically, they don't know you they know people like
0: you i mean they could i mean it really depends on how they use that data they could know you at an individual scale they i don't know how they're building their profiles but like it's possible to build a profile just of you right because you can be tracked across uh, different sites as well
1: makes me feel so special let me ask you this so we spoke about elizabeth warren's um policy to break big tech up another um human running for president, Andrew Yang um, says that we should be able to monetize off our data. So he says that if companies, fan companies um, use us to get money, we should be able to get some value off of that as well. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, it's a I've never really thought about it that way. It's a a very uh, interesting, uh, interesting proposition. Um, Like
1: one thing, so before you before you, your thoughts, um, I mean, let, I, let's I let look at India's always so interesting. So many people in India still don't have access to electricity, water, proper food, you know, living below the poverty line, etc, etc. But we have so many people online now, even if they don't have access to basic necessities. Yep. So imagine if this does become a possible policy even those people will be able to monetize the fact that they're online and mm-hmm. and get money off money for it for money for being online
0: yeah um, i don't know like i feel like this would be hard to pass again i guess it depends on like uh, laws of every country this would be hard to i'm just trying to see how this would work at a you know like functionally how this would work because technically any company can have my data right it's not just these big tech companies that have my data so is every company gonna pay me for my data now right like i don't know my isp has literally every site site that i access they have all they in some levels they have more data right because there's no way to hide it from maybe a vpn might work but like um but like your isp has a lot of your data to have and in some cases if you're using the same provider for your mobile phone they they also know who you're calling right so are, are they gonna, i'm paying for that already so are am i going to get a discount maybe so it depends on like how it's being applied because it has to be applied to everybody right it can't just be
1: but just as an particular idea companies. do you think this is it's something worth thinking about i mean you have essentially sure facebook was created so that people could connect Right. Um, but the fact that Facebook makes literally up to mostly all of its profits off of us, and in the in the in the billionaire sector, and we're getting nothing out of it, just yeah. as an idea, it
0: seems. Sure. Like I, I, yeah. It's I think it's worth exploring to see um, if it's feasible. Uh, but I don't know if we need. If, if there's even need for ideas like this, like uh, maybe we could just take a tried, try it and tested approach, like pay your taxes, right? Pay your taxes. You mean and, the fan companies? Yeah, fan, Not even fan companies. Not just fan companies that yeah. don't do it. Like a lot of big companies are avoiding, yeah. finding ways to avoid taxes. Uh, you know, pay your taxes. That goes for anybody, right? Um,
1: Tax season's about to come out. <laughs> pay your
0: taxes. <laughs> yeah, a few months out, but it's, like, it's coming. Yeah. Ugh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, like pay your taxes and then, you know, just uh, use uh, use your data. Anybody should be able to see. I think Europe has done a great job with this. I think there's uh, laws around this. Anybody should be able to see the data that they have on you and delete it. Uh, I should be able to access my data, see exactly what you have. And if I don't want you to have it, I should be able to delete it. And your European Union has done that. Like, and they've introduced new laws. Uh, i think gdpr is one of them um what's gdpr uh i actually don't know the full form that's the uh, um it's um something to google <laughs> no yeah. something to google but like gdpr just in the broader sense is uh, a new data a law around data and how data is being used i believe so so
1: more of an opt in policy
0: no, no no i think uh you're mandated like uh like uh, i
1: have the option to oh, opt so. out
0: yeah there's uh, I think this even happened before the whole forget me uh, I should be able to uh, the internet should be able right. to forget you or uh, right like just delete all your data and companies need to be need to build that out because sometimes companies will say oh I don't even have that capability right and my, the EU has said okay no that's not an excuse build your technology in a in a way that you have that capability to just you know, delete that person off your record books, right? Essentially. So there's ways to, uh, to do that. So you
1: don't think it's feasible that let's say in the future, I mean, we've just started talking about this because these guys have, you know, open, open those doors for these kind of conversations, but you don't think it's feasible. Let's say in the future, there's a policy that's passed that says everybody who's online accessing these Websites get 15% of their revenue, hypothetically, right. 5% of their revenue. So
0: essentially that just becomes a tax, right? Because everybody is just – this is like um, um, a part of doing business basically now, right? Um, and almost – What do you mean? Because everybody, for every customer you have, you have to pay this uh, cost, 15% cost. That, uh, like every new customer you get, you got to pay this 15%. So like
1: it's like they would they they yeah it doesn't seem like a feasible option for them then they'd much rather start charging us for their services yeah maybe
0: they, maybe they find another way to uh, you know go about doing things now uh, and another argument could be made is that the model that they've come up with it actually can help people because it gives access to people all these tools uh, really good tools that you wouldn't necessarily have because if I pay, put a paywall behind it now less people have access to it now, right?
1: Yeah, of course, there's, I mean, there's no denying that social media, Google, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, like they have, they've, they for, for example, we were talking about this, they've, you know, paved ways for some movements, like the Me Too movement would not have been possible without, without these platforms. So the, the, there's no taking away from the good that they have provided. And I liked what you said in the beginning, that they they have grown up with us. So I mean, obviously, I think they have blossomed in the past, like 10 years. And, you know, we've technology and human lives, like they're sort of so amalgamated now. And it's, let's say they're in their adolescent stage. And we're trying to figure out what that means going forth. Let me ask you this. And um, what do you think that these companies still are consumer first like are they acting from the point of view of serving you some may say that amazon does it too much to the point where their workers are facing the the brunt of it
0: i don't know if they're like uh, i guess you got to define what do you mean by serving you as in like giving giving you services or acting in your interest i mean uh, to me they're like any other corporation they're out to make profit they're out to you know make as much money as they can I mean that's any
1: yeah we live in a neoliberal world so cool
0: yeah I mean this is capitalism Yeah. Right. so that's what they're out to do and um, that's why regulation is needed in my opinion like you want to make sure that uh, they're doing it in an even playing field uh, in the proper way and the way that people aren't being uh, negatively impacted right and defining that is difficult making sure you find the right balance to allow for flourishing uh, growth and entrepreneurship uh without you know letting people take advantage and that is a difficult question to answer and we have huge debates over that right there's philosophies around that so to answer that i mean yeah that's a, that's a big question to answer
1: Let's end on this note. What role do you think that I I think Elizabeth Warren, if nothing else, Andrew Yang, if nothing else, they have, like I said, they've opened doors for good conversation. Um, At least we're talking about these companies their their monolithic power and reach um, in so many levels of our lives. So let's bring it back down to us. What role do you think that citizens can play in um, reigning in these guys or the power that they have in our lives, and to what extent they have that power and what what they do with it?
0: Um, Yeah, that's a great question. Like, understand uh, if especially if you're not in the tech industry and you don't really know the inner workings, get to understand it. Like, understand. Ask yourself, why is this product free? Right? Nothing is free in this world. Right, they so people got to get paid. Like uh, Google employs a lot of people, Amazon employs a lot of uh, a lot of people are employed and they're making a lot of good money, so they're getting their money somehow, right? And and yet you're getting all these products for free. So how are they make understand the business model, right? And and you know question it and be knowledgeable about that, and then you can decide if this is the right way to go or not, right? Uh, as you said, like even yourself, right? A lot of this is... uh, Totally out of
1: my comfort zone. New
0: information, right? (laughs) So especially they're so pervasive in our lives, it's very important to know how they operate. And this is not to say they're like, especially insidious or something like that, right? Uh, In many ways, they've done great things. And like, um, for example, uh, the iPhone is a revolutionary product and has changed our lives in many ways for the better. Like, think about... Or even I'll give you this example, like, we can talk to our parents so easily now. For right? free. For free, and yet. Back before, in the day,
1: you we used to make calls to Dev Sid for so many bucks and so yeah. many bucks a minute.
0: Yeah, so like uh, the 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 connectivity level has just uh, you know gone through the roof, right? And that brings its pros and cons also, right? So just know know the tech around you get to understand it right and then um and then i think these ideas that uh, you know Andrew yang and elizabeth Warren bringing these are great like we should be discussing new ideas because we need new ideas for the new age right
1: what a perfect note to end on thank you for coming in sid it was great having you did you enjoy your time here
0: yeah, it, like the time <laughs> passed by so quickly. I didn't even notice. This is great. Thank you.
1: T- it took a lot to get him here, but thank you so much. Some great ideas there. Um, please do follow the End Dimension on Twitter at underscore the Nth Dimension. Um, figure out what your data is about. And till then, good luck out there.
0: plus.